Okay, so behind this podcast is a very real family with passions and burdens and preferences just like you. And I don't know about you, but I like to know where my money is going when I spend it. So we want you to know where your money goes when you support this podcast. So when you give to this podcast, the Weather Channel podcast, you are allowing us to give to the causes that we are most passionate about foster care, adoption, caring for widows, ministering to prisoners, and to Christians who are persecuted around the world. We are passionate about being able to give financially to the people God has burdened our hearts for. And when you give to our podcast here at the Weather Channel, you are ultimately supporting these ministries, which by the way, we have thoroughly vetted. You can give safely to the Weather Channel podcast at allychristian.com slash podcast. And you can give by simply donating one time, or you can start donating monthly. Either way, we are so grateful for your support in helping us continue this podcast and give to the ministries that we are most passionate about. Hey, and welcome to the Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you will hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Hey, Carr, good morning. Hey, Ali. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I am so excited to share my friend Carly with the Weather Channel community and the rest of the world. Today, we are going to be chatting with my friend Carly, um, who we are friends from college. And actually, before we hit record, we were just laughing about the times that we've had together. We've had such sweet times together. Our friendship goes all the way back to freshman year of college, right? Freshman yeah. year. Yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. We met playing softball together <laughs> in Cedarville, Ohio, and that lasted for about a year. Yeah. Um, but then we were able to travel to Spain together, to Valencia to study and um, just around Europe. And we were just reminiscing on how much fun we have had. So Carly, I'm so excited to introduce you to my podcast community. Thanks for being here. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. So Car, would you tell us just a little bit about yourself? I've already given you a little bit of an intro, but I would love for you to share who you are, where you're at today and all of the things. Yes. So, um, my name is Carly Pancake. I have a crazy last name. I married, um, a guy named TJ Pancake, um, in 2014. And, um, we have currently in our house, five kids. So kind of crazy. Um, and they are ages, we have two 16 year olds, two 13 year olds and an almost one year old. <laughs> um, so we have kind of, uh, written the journey of foster care and adoption and currently kinship care, um, and also biological parenthood. So we're kind of all over the place in the last seven and a half years of our marriage. Um, but it's been quite the journey. 
Yes. And it has been so sweet to watch you carve. And um, it's just such an encouragement to my faith to just watch you ride those waves where I know it hasn't been easy every second, but just to watch you cling to Jesus and, and hear how you are doing that has been such an encouragement to my faith, which is why I asked you to come on today. So um, would you share with us a bit of your story and, and what that looks like for you right now? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> when I was in seventh grade, my parents were, um, guardians to a little girl, um, her name's Ashley. And, um, we had her in our home for about seven months. And then she unfortunately had to move on to another family. And, um, ever since then, I've been really passionate about, um, kids that don't have families. Uh, it really breaks my heart that there are kids in the world that, Right. In Texas, there are 300 kids, especially teenagers, sleeping in um, hotels and CPS offices because there aren't enough homes available mm. for them. Um, and so I just, it just breaks my heart. So since then, I have been kind of on this mission to welcome kids into my home. And I wanted to do that through foster care. And so in 2017, <clears throat> TJ and I started the process of foster care. Um, and it took us about a year. Uh, so at the end of 2017, we were licensed and got our first call for Kendrick. Um, for those of you who don't know, foster care is basically just taking care of kids while their parents get well. Usually, um, it involves, um, some kind of abuse, neglect, or abandonment. Um, and so the goal, the goal of it is reunification, but that doesn't always happen. And so TJ and I's like main goal was for to participate in foster care for the purpose of reunification with their parents. Uh, but our very first call was for Kendrick, which is our son. He's 13. Um, and it was a pre-adoptive placement. So basically they were asking us if we'd be willing to adopt like right off the bat. And so we had to kind of make a hard decision, like, are we ready to like be full-time parents? Because we were kind of just like, we'll just try it out. It'll be <laughs> fine. We'll have these kids in our house. And this was like, uh, we're going to like be parents. So <clears throat> in that happened in 2017, and then we ended up adopting him in 2018. Um, so it just looked very different than what we thought it was going to look like. We just, we thought we were going to foster and ended up starting our family. So, and it was wonderful. Um, and um, hard and beautiful. And he was nine when he came to us. Um, and then uh, we welcomed a little boy. Uh, we, and like soon after we adopted Kendrick, but he was the only one that um, was actual foster care. Like he came and then he left mm. um, of, of the kids that we've done in foster care. And then um, my daughter KK came to us into 2019 and we adopted her at the end of 2019. She was 13. So I'm really passionate about teenagers because they're awesome. Um, and they're, they have so much joy and wonder to bring to your family. Um, but yeah, so she was 13 when she came to, she's 16 now and like driving, it's insane. Um, 
And so through all of that, we came into, uh, we met um, these girls that we kind of consider like our cousins. Um, they just have had kind of a, a hard situation with in their home life and they are currently living with us. So they're 13 and 16. And then I had my baby last April. So So you have the whole gamut. So if you have questions, just hit Kara because we can talk about The craziest part probably has been like parenting teenagers before you parent a toddler. Like I'm starting to see Eli, my baby, like he's like banging his head around and stuff when he doesn't get what he wants. And I'm like, what is that? What are you doing? (laughs) yeah you're not retreating to your room and ignoring me you're like screaming and banging your head (laughs) Uh so um but it's it's been like kind of cool to kind of go backwards and also to see them bond they're like the sweetest oh my gosh yes your your pictures of them together just oh my gosh I love it and it has to be so helpful too for perspective I feel like as a mom who has two young girls, I feel like I lose perspective so often of like, okay, someday they actually are going to grow up. Like they are going to turn 13, 14, 15, 16 and be driving. And I feel like that has to be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. They have opinions. Like they're going to have opinions and beliefs and what? Yes. Um, Yeah. So it does, it does give like a different perspective to uh, parenting and like also gives a lot of purpose to parenting um because I can see how the ways in which my kids miss things mm-hmm. that were really important and yeah. that might <clears throat> like small things like making sure that you are attending to your baby or um providing attention or um mm-hmm. just like building attachment with them might not seem like that important um, if you haven't experienced parenting kids that didn't get that, um, but I have like a lot of purpose in caring for my baby because I know what he needs because I know what they didn't get. I love that so much. Look at God, look at how he works out those details and those blessings, those unexpected blessings. Pretty cool. And the other thing that's amazing about it is that my older kids get to do that for him too. And so in some ways it's like, it's a healing process for everyone. So it heals, it's healing them as they nurture him. It's like providing like the kind of nurture that they should have gotten themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a healing thing for them. Yeah. That is is so redemptive to, Mm -hmm. for them to have that opportunity. Um, so I almost didn't want to have biological kids. (laughs) Like, I'm like, so thankful that I had Eli, not just because, I mean, because of Eli too, he's joy and life and wonderful, but also like, just to see how God has like woven our family together. It's Mm. really cool. Yes, it is. It's, and it's such a blessing for myself and so many others who are following your journey. 
Um, so Car, I wrote down before we get into the hard stuff, I, and I was actually going to wait to ask you this, but I love that we're already talking about the positive things of, um, this hard journey that you are walking right now. But, um, I would love if you, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but I would love for you to just share, um, I'm, you already did, but if, if you could, a few more pros of um, raising or fostering adopting teens, because I know that like, for me, it feels like, oh my goodness, like, you know, we know all the cons, right? Like we can assume in our head why it would be really hard. But so I would love for you to just, if you could share a few more pros on raising teens, because I know that's so near and dear to your heart. And if not, yeah from this podcast, I would just love for people to hear how rewarding it is. Yes. Um, yeah, there are a lot of hard things about it, but, um, one thing is that they're hilarious. Um, and so just like, I mean, every day I just like, I'm cracking up because they're doing something ridiculous or I'm having to remind my son for the millionth time to wear deodorant. And I just like, don't understand why it's so hard. Um, they just like, and they send me funny Snapchats with the filters and just, I, they keep my life light, um, in a way that I think would be really hard to do in the middle of motherhood. It just like some, your day to day is filled with so much, so much, so many tasks and cleaning up and, and all that. And they just are like, like teenagers just like, they're going to do what they want to do (laughs) to some extent. So, and they want to have fun. So I'm like, well, at least you're reminding me how to have fun. So that's one thing. Um, and also just like seeing them grow and, um, it's a different kind of, um, joy to see a kid go from being, sorry, I'm getting teary. (laughs) From being uh, in a the worst situation you could possibly imagine a kid being in to um, thriving and um, finding their passion and finding Jesus. Um, like I was thinking this morning about how despite all of the hard, crazy things we've dealt with, um, both of KK and Kendrick, KK is about to get baptized on Sunday on Easter. Um, and, uh, I was just thinking about how God, God just like uses things. He, he just brings people to himself and we just have to like show up. And I was just thinking how that was, how cool that is. Like, I, I just, sh- I just decided to say yes. And God did everything else. Um, and so, uh, just being able to see the healing and growth and the amazing, like, it's basically magic to me how God heals the brain and heart from hardship. He just, he, there's a, through relationship we can heal. And I think that that's amazing. And it's cool to see in my kids. So, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. It's just such an encouragement and blessing to be able to hear that. So thanks for sharing that car. Um, and I know that you have done a lot of healing um, as well as you are parenting these yeah. kids. Um, would you share with us a little bit of what that has looked like and, and how your parenting journey has helped you heal? Yes. So I remember going to our training and then be, and, uh, the trainers being like, um, you probably are going to experience some of your own stuff come up. And so you should probably get, go ahead and just like get in counseling now. And I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm so good. <laughs> I've dealt with everything. I was like 25, like, okay. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't know what, what world I was living in, but, um, just, I mean, parenting in general, as if any of you are parents or, um, you know, that parenting brings out some things that are really hard. Um, a lot of times from your childhood or, um, maybe from like past hurt from the church or things like that. Um, maybe some, some teaching that was a little bit off from your, from growing up, um, not even necessarily from your parents, maybe from your church or whatever. Um, so I've kind of, and it's, it's really hard to navigate because it's kind of all in your responses to what's happening to like, either like with your kids or in with their circumstances. Um, and so a lot of times my own hardships were kind of entangled with my responses to my kids. And I couldn't understand why I was like, so, so angry with certain things that were coming up. Um, and, uh, I basically just had to, I pour out a lot. Um, and so I had to figure out what it looks like to take care of myself amidst taking care of my kids because they have a lot of needs and I want to meet those needs, but I also am a human being and limited and not the savior um, of the situation. And so I think I started off with kind of this, like, I am invincible. I can do all things um, mindset and I can do all things with Jesus, but, um, but I think like it's, it's been humbling to kind of be like, mm, I can't do everything. So one thing is um, somebody is paying currently for us to get our house cleaned every two weeks. And I like, I love it, but I also like kind of hate it because I feel like I'm, I'm having to surrender. Um, I'm having to surrender that to God. Like, I cannot do all of these, this, these things. I cannot take care of five kids who have tremendous needs, do their, help them with homework, take care of a baby, nurse the baby. Like it's impossible to do all those things and wash the floors when they need to be washed. So it's just, um, yeah, it's been a journey of figuring out how much I can give. Um, and also a figuring out that I have to receive God's love before I can give it. Um, 
And that's hard for me because I'm a giver by nature. I don't know if you do the Enneagram or anything, but I'm an Enneagram too. And so I give, I'm like a helper. I help, 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 help. And then I'm like, why is anybody helping me? (laughs) (laughs) It's like so annoying. (laughs) Um, But, but I think I've had to like, kind of take a step back on that um, and figure out how much I can realistically give as a human being. (laughs) And, um, and accept, like radically accept God's love for me too. Cause I think I'm willing to like give that love. Like I'm, I really am all about giving that love to everybody else. But when it comes to me, I think I'm not deserving of it. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of been my journey there. Mm. So how have you been working through that or what has that looked like for you? Like maybe some practical things that you have done. So counseling, um, I do counseling every two weeks. Um, and then with somebody from your church or is it a professional or no, yeah, it's a professional. Um, and, uh, specifically adoptive adoption focused, uh, and trauma focused. So there are, there are <clears throat> lots and lots of options for counselors, but it's really, really hard to find people that know adoption and foster care. Um, and so I've kind of had to really scour the internet to find the right person. Um, because just <clears throat> even my husband's doing counseling right now. And he's like, he just does like his counselor just doesn't get it. Um, it, I don't mean that in a way, like it's just, when you have fostered or adopted, you understand the world of foster care and adoption. And it's just hard to find people that understand. So that has been huge because not only does she help me work through my own healing, but she also helps me navigate how to parent better. Um, and so it's kind of a two, two way thing. It's kind of coaching and, and counseling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, I mean, the first thing, the very first thing she talked about with me was just like, what are you doing every day to take care of yourself? So like, are you drinking water? Are you spending time alone? Are you journaling? Are you like, what are things that build you up? And so a couple of things I've done, I try to journal at least one sentence every day. Um, and my journals are always prayers that it doesn't have to be, but that just helps me. Mm-hmm. And I remember even when we were in Spain together that you used to do that, right? Yes. Like you've always yes. done that. Yeah. 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 I journal. I have like journal two days. Like, are you going to keep all of these things in <laughs> fourth grade? And I'm like, yes. Uh, what do you think you want to turn all of my journals into a book? That's like my life, my like lifelong dream. I, when I was like in fourth grade, I'd be like writing in my journal, like maybe one day somebody will turn this into a book. <laughs> what why <laughs> why would they do that <laughs> I don't know but your journals now girl you never know those are some yeah. pictures I've yeah here some of them and those are some really beautiful sweet prayers but anyway I love I just wanted to point that out because I love that like your counselor's really, really getting deep with you about like, okay, this is something that like you have always loved, something that you're really good at, even before adoption. This is a really healthy practice that you have. Like, make sure you're doing that. I love that. Yeah. Yes. And when I, I can tell if I, if it's been like a couple of days of not doing it, 
I can tell that that means that I'm not, I'm not choosing to intentionally take care of myself Hmm. um, in other ways too. So if I'm not journaling, then I'm not, I'm not drinking water. And if I'm not drinking water, then I'm not going on a walk. And so things like that are hard. Um, But it's really good to, if I, that I have been noticing that if I, that I'm not doing it um, and then get back on the train basically. Yeah. Um, the other thing that has been like, really, I, I have been like writing about this on my Instagram a little bit is, um, my, my counselor recommended this self-compassion workbook. Um, and basically I, I have, I just started it, but it's more the concept of self-compassion treating myself as if I would treat my friend, um, who is struggling Uh, because like the very first chapter of the workbook is like, how would you talk to a friend who is struggling and how do you talk to yourself as you're struggling? And I was kind of shocked at how horrible I sound towards myself. Mm. Um, and so I don't know if a lot of people can relate, but I have kind of, I have a pretty negative self talk tapes that replay in my head, uh, when something goes wrong. And so I discovered something with my counselor last week that was like really painful to me from my past. And she encouraged me to just basically like be kind to myself there. And so I kind of have been like, I don't know if this makes sense, but I've been trying to, this is all like really raw and and, um, recent. So, but I've been trying really hard to go back in time to my 16 year old self and my 12 year old self and be really kind to that self (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, um, I think I always, when, when that painful experience was happening, then I always escaped it. And so I've never allowed myself to just be sad for her. Um, and so the last week or so I've been really teary. Like it's like ran- randomly I'll just start like crying <laughs> and I homeschool my daughter and she's kind of like, are you okay? <laughs> but I'm, I'll take the set. Cause I think my deep down, whatever, cause you know, anger is a secondary emotion. I think my deep down emotion is sadness. And it's been coming out as anger a lot of times towards my kids. And I don't want to do that. And so I'll take sadness over anger. (laughs) Um, And so that's been something that's been really healing to me too, is just to allow myself to feel, feel the feeling fully Mm -hmm. and to go back and give myself what I needed then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so good car that. So the small group that I'm in right now, we just started um, a new study and it's like, it's basically all about what you just shared. And it has just been so eye opening to, to 
to hear how I talk to myself too, because I have a really negative self-talk tape as well. And um, just realizing like we are God's creation. And for some reason we think, oh, but I'm different. Like, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how I talk to myself. I'm separate from that or different. I'm going to be nice to other people, but to myself, I don't really matter. And it's just so sweet to see that no, God cares for even me, even yeah. what I am feeling and what I'm going through, what I have been through. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been really good. So I love, thank you for sharing that. Cause I know it is really recent and you're kind of like, sharing on a podcast now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very recent. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how I'm, I will feel about it in like a couple weeks, but yeah. right now I'm feeling good that, that, that God has kind of like spoken truth of how much he delights in me too. Uh, just like he delights in my kids. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important to be able to delight in other people, to know how, um, delightful or how delighted God is with us. Yeah. So, um, Car, I know that like, there are just so many things that we could talk about so many different stories and, um, things that y'all have been through, but, um, I would, I think it would just be really helpful for my audience to hear what has been the most painful part of this journey for you personally. I really, like we talked about, really want to protect the kids and um, not share about their stories. Those are their stories to tell, but for you as a parent of all different types of kids, (laughs) what has been the most painful part for you? Yeah. Um, it has probably been just being a bearer of the weight of trauma, um, on my kids. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but like bearing the burden of it, um, because trauma, trauma, like impacts everyone that it comes into contact with. It's like, it can be, it doesn't, not always, but it can just kind of it's kind of like a sickness in a way like it it just bleeds over into the close relationships that are around you um and so a lot of people call that secondary trauma um there's like primary trauma um and then there's like if you're in contact with someone who is experienced who has experienced trauma um you're probably experiencing some of the same symptoms as a somebody who has primary trauma um and so I I think that before we started the journey I just thought I would like be different I I thought that I would be able to handle it and it's not really like that um I think I just had a different way of viewing it it's not like oh I'm not strong enough it's just that it, no one's strong enough to handle trauma because that's not how God designed our bodies to live and thrive. And so I guess, um, I guess learning a, it's like a different language. Um, I've had to like read a lot of understanding the brain and how it functions when there, um, is a lot of trauma involved in the situation. Um, 
And so with that comes a lot of rejection um, as a mom. And so um, just, I, it's really, really hard to pour out your life for your kids uh, in general, I think. But then when you pour out your life for your kids and then you're not even recognized as mom, that's, that can be really, really painful. Um, so I think learning to, maybe you'll ask this question next, but I think basically what I've had to do is learn that my identity as a mom is, doesn't come from whether my kids identify me as that. It comes from God bestowing that identity onto me uh, and giving me the privilege of caring for and mothering mm. my kids because whether or not they see me as their mom I am mothering them so I am their mom mm. and God God has given me that name not them and so um, I can rest in that <clears throat> so mm. yeah. but that has been that has been pretty painful though so yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I love that car. That is like the epitome of a weather channel moment right there. <laughs> Whether or not your kids see you as their mom or not, you can be because Jesus made you their mom. Yeah. I love that. Okay. As we are wrapping up, um, I would love for you to share, uh, just maybe one, possibly two things uh, that you want other people who are traveling the same journey and experiencing secondary trauma and, um, just walking this hard road with their kids. What is one, maybe two things that you want somebody else to know? I mean, you've already shared so much, so many good things for people to take away, but if you have anything specific that comes to your heart, I would love for you to share. Yeah, I think, um, as I was first experiencing this, I was probably 20, 26, 27. Uh, and just the weight of it was re- really, really heavy. And I didn't have many people who were carrying it with me. Um, and so, and I mean, both people who are also walking the same journey and also people that were just close in proximity to me, just, I don't think people understood the level of hardship that we were going through. And I don't really know that I was able to communicate that uh, anyway. Like, I don't really necessarily think it was anybody's fault. I just didn't know how to communicate how much we were struggling. Um, And so I think that if you, if you are thinking about fostering and adapting it, I would highly encourage you to get into counseling and, and develop a tribe of people before you pursue that. Um, and so basically what I mean by that is like, when you enter into foster adoption, I think that you should have like already selected aunts and uncles, like aunts and uncles, um, of the kids that are like all in and helping take care of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's not just 
the burden isn't just on you as a parent, but on a whole community. Hmm. Um, and where did you find those people car? Like the air quotes, aunts and uncles? Mostly through our church. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, they come and like hang out with them or take them on little trips and stuff. Um, it's really awesome. But uh, yeah, so our ter- our current church and our old church is where we find those people. Um, and then basically just like my, my biggest encouragement would be to not isolate um, yourself, to uh, find a way to either find a counselor or a best friend, somebody that you can talk to regularly that you're able to like release some of the pain and heartache onto uh, that won't it won't like cause a rift um and maybe even outside of your your husband uh because I think a lot of times like we're both experiencing this hardship and then we're just like talking to each other about it and it it just wasn't helpful or um encouraging it was just more sad (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think just knowing that you're not alone, um, and that you can find people, but also being willing to be the person to look for the people. I think a lot of times I was like, I just want somebody to reach out to me. I'm just like really struggling. I want some, but like, sometimes people just need you to tell them that you're struggling and you need somebody. Hmm. And so being willing to like be humble enough to say like, I need you to come over and be with me <laughs> right now. Cause I'm really struggling. So. Yeah. And that's such a sweet relationship to have with somebody to just be so vulnerable. Yeah. Well, and you opening up that door kind of encourage, will encourage them to do the same to you. Uh, and so, cause people are just scared to tell people that they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Everyone's struggling. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're the first one to say, Hey, it's me then you can help other people to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Going first in that. I love that car. Mm-hmm. Oh, car. Thanks so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom and encouragement. It has really ministered to my heart. Absolutely. I love you so much. I love you too, girl. Will you share where everybody can find you and follow this story? Yes. Um, so I have an Instagram, um, my name is Carly pancake, um, on there and it, my first name starts with a K and pancake, just like the breakfast food. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, I also have a blog, which is just carlypancake.com. And those are the two main places you can find me. I'm also on Facebook, but I just post whatever I post on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Friends, make sure that you go and find Carly. You will not be disappointed. And um, maybe when we share this podcast episode with social media, we'll have to share a few pictures from our adventures in Europe. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. We were insane. Yeah. Not in a bad way. We were just like, we laughed a lot. So. Oh, my goodness. We, that was the time of our lives. Such <laughs> a good time. Yes. All right, Car. Well, I am going to let you go so that you can get to all of the things that you have to do today. But thank you again for being here today. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really love to be here. Hey, if you are in need of a tangible reminder that the victory is already won, that 
phrase and that truth is what got me through the first half of my cancer journey when I was just freaking out, wondering what in the world the Lord was doing. He reminded me, hey, no matter what happens, the victory is already won. We ended up putting that phrase on a t-shirt and that is the t-shirt that I wore to every single chemotherapy session that I had to go to. And it was such a great reminder to literally be clothed in the truth that no matter what happens, the Lord is in control. It is for my good, for his glory, and the victory is already won. So if you would like to get this same t-shirt, you can go to AllieChristian.com and click on t-shirts and grab one for yourself. If you are not the patient or the one in need of encouragement, but you know someone who is a new patient or someone who it may not even be a patient, but just needs some encouragement because they are deeply suffering in their life right now, grab them a t-shirt and maybe even grab yourself and a few other friends the same t-shirt so that you can wear it together to champion this person. Again, you can go to AllieChristian.com, click on t-shirts. It's a great way to encourage your friends, literally clothe them in truth, and also you can support this podcast. Hey, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in His Word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Thank you.